It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Yes, it is just me again. And uh, don't worry, Kevin is coming back. This is not some cover-up scheme. This is not some kind of strategy where we're just trying to bide time until we can figure out how we're going to explain what happened to Kevin. Kevin is coming back. He will be back on the show in the very near future. So uh, don't worry about that. But today we've got a great interview that we want to share with you. I'm going to be honest with you. This was a really fun one for me. I got to uh, kind of geek out a little bit in this uh, as uh, we talked about the production end of things. And um, Chris is our interview. And we're going to jump right into this interview, so most of it will speak for itself, but I uh, want to just kind of give you a heads up. Hisproductions.com is what he's going to be talking about, so if you aren't driving in your car and you'd like to go look that up and have that in front of you uh, while he's talking, that'd be a great thing for you to do. But for now, here is my interview with Chris. Well, today uh, we've got another another interview lined up for you. This is Chris, and uh, he's... Uh, in a pretty cool looking studio in his house right now. And I'm a little bit jealous. So I'm going to have to control my, uh, my covetousness, covetousness, uh, today, but, uh, always, always dreamt of having a, a nice little home studio set up. And I, I, the picture of you that's on your Skype profile, is that the same studio that you're sitting oh, in there? I think so. Yeah, I haven't looked at my Skype profile in a while. Yeah, I think I think it probably is. <laughs> okay. Well, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, if you would, would you uh, just kind of start us off uh, by introducing yourself and uh, your uh, your work with his productions, and just kind of give us a little bit of an insight into uh, who you are and and what you do. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I live in Colorado now. I spent several years working for Sweetwater Sound in their recording studio. Nice. A lot of people get to go work there and be sales guys, uh, be sales engineers, which those guys are super helpful and awesome. Uh, But I got to actually work in in the recording studio, the production area. And I got hired there. I I just sent a resume to them. I had been been going to school in Denver, Colorado and, and couldn't find work as a you know, musician, <laughs> uh, you know, and I was getting a degree in music technology. And so I just sent a resume over there and I got some interest back uh, to, for a jingle writer position, but I'd never been a jingle writer. So <laughs> I wrote several fake jingles <laughs> and I told them they were fake. I said, you know, I've never, I've never written anything like this before, but, but here you go. Uh, and I sent them a couple other recordings I'd done and, and they really, they really dug it, and I ended up getting hired, having no experience, and was able to work on staff for them as their chap- 
their staff jingle writer and uh, produce albums. And, and there was a large amount of Christian projects we got to work on too, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of Christian artists come in and, and want to uh, either have help with, with album projects or uh, Christian bands, whatever. So, yeah, but my family. I, did you guys oh, ever? Ahead. Did you guys ever do any work with uh, Indiana Wesleyan University? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I yeah. went. I went to Indiana Wesleyan for a while, and uh, oh, we cool. would we would go up to we'd go up to Sweetwater once in a while just to kind of check the place out because it's like mecca for you know for for a lot of sound guys and recording people. So uh, we loved going yeah. up there. I I wonder if I wonder if you came in the studio and I saw you and. No, I that's, never, that's, I never got to go into the studio up there. But I mean, I I okay. saw them, but I never recorded anything there. So, okay, but yeah, that's cool. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did a couple projects. I think it was Indiana Wesleyan. They'd they'd send uh, these quartets, male quartets, yeah. in, and we'd do album projects for them, where they'd have things prepared, and they'd have these. You know, every single piano player and all the singers were great too. But the the piano players always amazed me. You know, they'd. They'd sit down at our C7 Grand and they'd they'd play just nonstop, you know, mm-hmm. and, and support those vocalists, and it was it was pretty amazing, you yeah. know, what they what they were doing. Um, so you know, I spent four years out there doing that, and eventually, my wife and I just decided that we really wanted to be closer to family and mm-hmm. and uh, you know start our a family of our own. So I moved back to Colorado and and worked at a. Uh, church as one of their tech directors. And that was, that was great. And, you know, the only reason I, I mentioned the Indiana experience is because it was during that experience that I met Josh from his productions, okay. who at, at that time, that time it was very, very small. And he ran into me through a mutual friend at Sweetwater and had asked uh, if I come help him tune his room and, and, you know, do some things that would help his program sound better. And he, he had a handful of churches at that time that he was working with for radio and so I came up, I met him and, and then, you know, I moved back here and we didn't really talk for about a decade. <laughs> mm. Um, and, uh, then some things happened at Sweetwater where they were reorganizing the studio and I was continuing to work out here for the church. And then I got involved with a website called Jam Play and started doing online education through them. Wow. And then I started talking to Josh again through a mutual friend. And uh, his business had grown significantly, and he was looking for someone to write music for his programming. Wow. And so I started doing that, which is basically a, a Christian jingle, you right? know? It's, yeah. uh, so, so it was kind of a nice fit. Yeah. And so I started doing that, and, and things started to grow, and Josh and I started to talk a little bit more. And then I ended up coming on as production manager. So I, I run sort of the production wing of his productions, and... Uh, Josh sells and is, you know, the owner and overarching guy, uh, over everything. Um, and, uh, it's been a really cool experience and his productions is a, a company that specializes in recording and producing radio broadcasts hmm. for churches all over the country. Wow. And so we, we take the, the general product or what we offer is we take sermons that have been recorded in a worship service mm-hmm. and we edit those sermons. We take out date sensitive information. We uh, take out, you know, in- anything that, that the pastor has instructed that they don't want in there. 
and then we also take out stutters and babies crying and people dropping sticks, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and we, we make it a very complete edit. We also do some sound processing to, you know, I mean, the sound is all over the map, you know, right. with different, different churches and stuff. Yeah. So we, we do some sound processing to make it sound a little better. And then we create a program out of it with, with custom music, with, um, we write script, a fresh script every day. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, vocal talent that will voice these scripts. And so it ends up being this, this production uh, that airs on the radio. Mm. And uh, each each uh, file, each each broadcast ends up being exactly 26 minutes long, and that that gets put to the radio station. And, and then we also, for for people who want us to do this, we create a podcast file out of it and aggregate all that data as well. Hmm. And what's cool about it is not only do churches, you know, they, they get a more polished sort of uh, representation of of the messages that they they bring. But it extends the reach of the church like crazy. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of these churches will broadcast on LPFMs, which are local uh, local FM stations in their you know general vicinity. And it's a way for people to hear about the church who may not necessarily drive by or maybe they're listening to the radio but would have never thought about actually going to that church. So it's an, it's an outreach sort of thing. Um. And it's also a way, you know, there's a lot of churches that are on markets in areas that have nothing to do with their particular location. And mm-hmm. so it extends their reach that way. Right. Um, wow. That's a, that's a huge, uh, a huge operation. It sounds like you guys have going on there. And uh, you, you mentioned you're in Colorado. Uh, uh-huh. What church are you uh, a part of there, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, currently we go to, well, currently we've been going there since we moved back Christ community church in Greeley, Colorado. Okay. And it's the same church that I, I was a full-time tech director for, for a while. Yeah. Um, we're still involved there. I still lead worship there. Still do, you know, run sound and help with tech here and there as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we love that church. It's a great church. So you do most of the work out of your house now in your uh, home studio? Yeah. I sit down here all day and and press <laughs> press the mouse button right <laughs> but it, pressing the mouse button does a lot of different things these days you know yeah that's true yeah so. well personally it sounds like a really enjoyable thing to be i'm sure there every job has a uh, has its ups and downs and uh, and monotonous aspects to it but it sounds like something that would be really a really enjoyable thing to be a part of so uh, oh, that's yeah. that's cool um but so so you know, you talked about that a little bit. His productions, and um, uh, how are you seeing this? You know, not just not just helping churches kind of uh, advance their message and their mission, but how are you seeing this just kind of make a, a bigger impact for the kingdom of God and what you're doing and the role that you guys are playing there at His Productions? Yeah, well, the one thing that that you know Josh has told me a bunch of times, and I've really begun to see this, uh, you know, working in this, in this environment and, and for, you know, for what we're doing and radio, well, let's start with the internet. The internet is this vast sea of, of everything, you know, like a church might put their sermon, you know, record their sermons and put it up on iTunes and, you know, podcast it or whatever. And, you know, the members of the church who maybe missed a sermon 
might go out and and listen to it on iTunes and, and oh yeah I missed last week I'll go listen to it great but short of you actually going or have gone to the church you're not probably ever going to look you're not just going to people don't randomly get on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and start typing in churches to listen to there there's no curation right right, right, right. there's just so much right and so with with what his productions is doing Radio is is like this little curated pond. There's only certain things on the radio. Radio's more expensive. It's not free to put your put your uh, program on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, your your content, your sermons, your program exists in the company of other professionally produced things on the radio: music, sports, news. You know, things like that. And so, it's a very practical and curated way to get the gospel message out into the world Mm. in a way that people actually hear it. Right. You know, anybody in their car listening to the radio, going, (laughs) you know, pushing buttons, trying to find something is they could stumble upon your, your broadcast, hear it and go, Hey, yeah, I think I'll listen to this. And then, you know, they, they, you know, hear the information at the end. Okay. I guess they're on every day at this time, Monday through Friday. I'm going to have to check this out tomorrow. Oh, and it's actually a church. It's not just some guy talking (laughs) to me. They're in my area. Maybe I'll go, you know, so it's this, it's this opportunity to put the gospel out there in a way that's a little easier to come by, a little easier to stumble on or find than maybe the sea of, of internet stuff. You know, not that the, not that internet, I mean, the internet's been great in terms of, you know, being able to, I listen to podcasts all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it is because everybody's got a podcast. It's difficult to find unless you know exactly what you're searching for. Right. So especially in the last couple of years, not, I mean, more and more churches are are doing podcasts and adding podcasts to be, be a part of their, you know, their, their digital presence, so to speak. But podcasts uh in general have, have really exploded in the last several years. And you're right. There's just it's not not even just an ocean. I mean, it's almost like a galaxy of, right. of of information out there to sift through. And so, if you're not looking for something specific, um, if you're lucky, if you know you you might come up in the uh, related podcast down underneath. But even then, if you're not a big church, you're not going to be discovered uh, by you know by even that re- related uh, podcast link underneath most of the podcasts on iTunes. So. So for churches that are really wanting to, and you think about it, you know, as a pastor, you spend a lot of time on a sermon and, and you go out and you do it once and then, and then that's it. Well, why couldn't, why wouldn't we want to maximize the impact that that sermon has or, you know, churches that have uh, uh, creativity within it and they're producing music and things like that. Why wouldn't we want to expand that reach as far as we possibly can? Right. And not leave it just sitting in the confines of our our congregation, right? Well, and the other side of it too, not only not only the, what you're saying about you know get it out there, is is how it's gotten out there. You know, uh, I always you know when I was a, when I was a tech director years ago, and we'd record our sermons and put them on iTunes or record you know static video and put that on Vimeo. Right. It was always such a bummer for me because. You know, uh, churches these days, I think of any size, they put a lot of effort into the flow of the service. And, you know, we've got songs, we've got announcements, we've got videos, we've got we've got this media rich experience when you actually go to the church. Mm-hmm. 
And then that is totally lost when you view the video or listen to the podcast later, because it's just, you know, this guy, you know, he trips when he gets on stage and then he, <laughs> uh, you know, drinks some water and, and you can't see him. And then there's this baby crying and then, and there's, there's no like formal introduction or maybe, maybe the file happens to start in the middle of a video that you can't see the the video to because you're listening on, on a podcast. You know, <laughs> there's all these awkward things that happen right. when you just, when you just take that and put it online. I don't think it's the best representation of what people intend you to experience when you, when you step in a church building and with the product that, that we do, what's cool about it, you know, is that it has this flow. It's not a flow. It's not the same flow that your worship service has, but it's got a cool song at the beginning that, that speaks to the heart of your ministry, you know, a a custom song that sings the name of your radio broadcast. Mm. And then it has a, a voice talent come on and connect what's being said in this broadcast with what was said in the last broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the, the content is edited, and so you don't have any of those weird, awkward pauses or, or weirdnesses. And so it's a way for churches to sort of put their best foot. If you're going to get it out there, it's a way to give a piece of that, that sort of rich, produced experience, not for the sake of being produced necessarily, but for the sake of it being not distracting right. and for the sake of it sticking in your mind. Uh, and, and maybe because you chose to listen to it because it wasn't awkward, <laughs> you, uh, God spoke to you in that way. whereas you wouldn't have otherwise listened to it. Right. You know, well, it's like, you know, the, the idea came to mind, you know, when you're trying to hire somebody and you get somebody's resume or you get a bunch of resumes and you're going through trying to find a, a candidate, you know, people you want to actually interview in person for a job. What you're doing is you're going through this, this stack of resumes and you're looking for reasons not to talk to somebody, right? Mm-hmm, you're looking for mm-hmm. something that shows up on the resume. Okay, well, there's something. I don't want to talk to them because of that. I don't think they're going to be a good fit. And so you eliminate a bunch of people based on these things you don't want to. And I think the same can be true when it comes to what you're talking about. When people are looking for a church, they're looking for reasons not to come to your church, right? Right. And if, and right. if you give them those reasons and a poorly produced <laughs> you know, sermon or video or whatever it is, whatever it is they're experiencing of you, you're just giving them that reason they need to never come to your church. So why not do like you say and, uh, and put your best foot forward and, and get rid of all of those things that they're going to use as, as an excuse to never come, get them in the door and maybe they'll have the experience that they really need and they can connect not only with your church, but with God and, and become a true follower of Jesus Christ as a result of it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, art, you know, art and, and information, in, in the church that's connected with, with the message of the gospel should be the, the best produced stuff. It should be the, the best sounding, the most creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that is the primary passion that drives my involvement with what we do at His Productions. And, and you know, the other, the other involvements that I have too, you know, yeah. I want... I want to see that that the stuff that's out there that is proclaiming the good news actually sounds like good news. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know I, that sounds a bit you know cynical or, or something, but it, it's not so much that it's not good news if it doesn't sound good. It's it's just that some people won't listen. Right. Right. You know. 
Well, you talked about some of these the the other uh, areas that you're out there involved in, and you'd mentioned jam play earlier, and so maybe we can turn a little bit of a corner now and and talk about educational technology and what that offers to help churches uh, and and a lot of different different areas, but. Uh, Maybe you can kind of explain that just a little bit, because I think honestly, it's a little, it's new territory for a lot of churches. They haven't really gone into that a lot. And I think there may be a great resource there for us as, as churches and artists and developing artists in our communities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so a church that I was a part of, my wife and I actually got married in it. Um, the name of it was Faith Evangelical Free Church. And I'd grown up there, you know, my parents went there, I met my wife there, you know, all that stuff. And they had a program called the Faith Academy of Fine Arts. And it was such a cool program. I I taught guitar lessons for it for a while. And basically what it was, was it was a music studio inside the church. Hmm. And church uh, members that were also um, music teachers, talented music teachers, would interview and apply. And then generally... uh, church congregants who wanted guitar lessons or piano lessons or drum lessons or voice lessons or whatever, they would go, oh, the Faith Academy of Fine Arts. Okay, well, I've got a kid that wants to learn how to play piano or guitar, so we're not going to go to a local music store. We're going to just stay at church. We're going to, you know, and and we're going to... So it was this this academy that connected instructors that were in the church with students that were in the church. And man, that was really awesome. And very few churches do that within their walls. Right. Very few, but it it worked. It was a really, really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward to the, the work I'm doing at Jamplay. Jamplay is an online guitar lesson company. Mm-hmm. And uh, my responsibilities there, I teach for them, but I also help bring on other instructors to teach as well. And mm-hmm. so... There's this whole online community, and and what Jamplay does is we connect people who are online that want to learn guitar with people who teach guitar, Hmm. and we produce their videos. We do on-demand videos, and we do live videos, and we've got a studio that we shoot things in, and and it's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I have always thought that those two things, that the Faith Academy of Fine Arts and what we're doing with Jamplay, really ought to do, they really ought to come together. Yeah. You know, why, why couldn't, and, and, you know, people have done stuff like that. You know, there's, there's online schools that churches offer that, mm-hmm. that offer art, you know, arts education, but I, I haven't come across anything that's more like, like that, you know, going to a music store and taking music lessons sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like there's, there's a lot of churches that are affiliated with actual schools, but what about just your kids that want to take lessons? Right. And they want to do it online, you know. Of course, yeah. You know, come to jam play if you want to take guitar lessons. Great, but what if what if you want to learn um, worship tech? Mm-hmm. What if you want to learn um, guitar lessons, but you you want it from the perspective that really all you want to learn guitar for is to play in your worship band? Yeah. You know how could you how could you focus those things? And so I think that there's a huge there's room, and there's a for lack of a better word there's a market for churches to to capitalize on some of this less you know less expensive easier to use particularly live streaming technologies and offer live classes yeah you know offer hey at at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night uh mountain standard time 
this guitar player is going to be live and send out, put it in your bulletin, you know, mm. put it, put a push notification out to people and, um, it's, it's free or it's, it's 10 bucks or it's, you know, whatever, you know, sign up in advance. There's, and there's lots of technologies, um, that, that, that are, that make that sort of thing possible as well. Yeah. Um, you know, livestream.com is what we use for, uh, for jam play. Uh, I'm working with a programmer right now to develop something that, uh, puts a convenient paywall in front of a live streaming service. So if an organization like a church would want to have an event online and charge for it, then they could. Hmm. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, I think, I think that there's definitely, I think churches should be, should be doing that. And I, you know, Garden City Project, the organization that you and I are mutually affiliated with, Mm -hmm. Uh, is working to do this very thing. Right. Uh, and they've already begun in, in some ways. And I really look forward to seeing how that blossoms because I think that that with where technology is right now, as easy as it is to stream online, you know, I mean, you can do it with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube Live and all this stuff. The, the trick, just like we, you know, just like I discovered with his productions, the trick is curation. And, and you know, you can put anything out there. Right. It's letting, it's it's getting it so that people can hear it or see it. And I think that's really where it's up. In this case, that's where it's up to the local church hmm. uh, or, or the entity, you know, whatever, you know, serve your member base, hmm. serve the people. If you've got a congregation of 500 people and there are... You know, there's probably 40 people that want to take arts lessons in that, you know, 10, right. maybe about 10% of it mm-hmm. that, that they, they want to take arts lessons. And there's probably several instructors that could do it. You could easily set something like that up and, and, it's, and make, it, make it worthwhile for the instructors, make it worthwhile for, for, this, for the students, and ultimately build skills into people that will turn around and build up the church. Right. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's so at the heart of what what we want to do is you know, um, each church, and I say this, I I say it over and over again on the podcast, but maybe it'll just keep sinking in with more and more people as we say it more times. But you know, each church, uh, local church, speaks the dialect of the local community. So um, mm-hmm. I can't come into your church and just automatically expect that I'm going to be able to produce some kind of art. That's going to resonate with with your with your congregation and with the surrounding community, the people that are already in your community that aren't believers, but they still speak that same local dialect of art that you do. And so, you know, I right. think we all have this this not just burden, but responsibility to to share art and to develop the artists in our churches so that we have the best the best shot at getting the message of the gospel out in an, an effective way. And like you said, in a quality way, we, we as a church and, uh, and uh, so much of our history in North America have been known for producing garbage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just put out just low quality stuff. And then we wonder why nobody ever comes to Christ as a result of our efforts. Well, it's because it was so bad that uh, they, they were nobody just, heard it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> They were distracted by the awfulness of it and never heard the message of it, you know, and so. Well, and, you know, there's a, there's another little thing in there too. Yeah. I mean, churches, everybody has, has put out garbage before, Mm -hmm. but what I've noticed, particularly being on the, on the tech side of things is that 
sometimes it's not garbage. Sometimes it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. But because the, the, the infrastructure, the tech infrastructure, the media-rich sort of infrastructure isn't there to support whatever that was, it, the, 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 that it all gets in the way of that. You know, you had a speaker or, or a, a, a performance of something, you know, a, a dance performance uh, with a, a song that was written by the congregant, mm-hmm. one of the congregants. And they're there in the, the service and they're experiencing this. Oh, you know, what a dance. That song really spoke to me. But, you know, then they post a, a phone video with horrible sound quality right. on YouTube mm-hmm. and say, look, look at what we did <laughs> at our church last night. Yeah. And unless you unless you were there and could experience it for what it was, you're not going to nobody's going to think, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah. they would, but less people will. And so I think it's just it's important for churches to. Yeah, you don't want to put out garbage. You don't you want to put time into what you do, but you also you, you have to invest money resources, human resources Mm -hmm. into getting the technology taken care of. The internet technology, the media technology, you know, the sound system, the video technology, all the stuff needs to, the church is competing with every other high quality media outlet out there. Mm -hmm. And, and so it is so worth it for people to invest in the right infrastructure. And, you know, the other thing is I think, I think a lot of churches are willing to invest in the gear, but are, are less uh, knowledgeable about what it really means to invest in the people that know how to use and implement and, and build up the church with that gear. You know, it's easy to get on sweetwater.com and, and, (laughs) or talk to your sales engineer and order $50,000 worth of stuff. Right. But finding someone who can get the most out of that equipment and investing in that person for the long term, mm-hmm. that's arguably more important. Right. You know, uh, and that just comes down to vision. You know, if the church, uh, and I don't speak about if a church <laughs> wants to, you know, start a, uh, a project that involves media get the right people in place and have mm-hmm. those people get the right equipment in place and then cast your vision. Right. Yeah. That reminds me a couple episodes ago, we talked to Chris Jones. He's an illustrator for comics and, um, and you know, the, the correlation was made in that episode as well, but you know, uh, and you know, this, it, especially with what you're saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter how great your equipment is. If you don't, if what's going into it isn't good, it doesn't matter uh, how much money you spend on the equipment. And um, the same is true for, I think, for what we do in our churches with our audio engineers, with our video techs and all of that stuff. You know, you can spend, like you said, uh, tens of thousands of dollars on all the right gear. Right. But if the guys running it aren't trained to get the most out of it, then you've just wasted a whole bunch of money. And uh, so what a great idea. Right. What spend, spend your time investing in the guys or the growls and the people who are going to be running it and teach them what they need to know or find people to teach them. And that's a, what you're saying makes it such a great resource for me, you know, as a pastor at a small church, I don't have those people in my church to, to come in alongside and train other than myself. Or, you know, if we have mm-hmm. painters in our congregation, I don't paint. I love, I love painting 
you know, those who paint and I love paintings, but I don't paint, so I can't teach them <laughs> how to paint. And yeah. So having a resource that, that's online where we could say, you know what, you know, we've got we've got a connection here where maybe we can help encourage you and coach you in this skill that you're using. And then you can use your your craft here in our church and and right. produce something that's going to really benefit the kingdom here. Right. Well, and, you know, you're at a smaller church. It doesn't have any painters, but I think the beauty of, of online is, you know, maybe there's another church in Wisconsin somewhere that that does have a paint that does have painters mm-hmm. and they're they're networked, you know, through through what we're doing at Garden City, perhaps, right. you know, oh, this guy wants to serve his church in the area of art, but needs some education. Let's get on. Let's take some some uh, live sessions with this painter in Wisconsin and and let's build up the church at large that as you, as you work to build up your small church, you're, you're also at the same time building up the church at large. And that's, what's so neat about the networking that can happen online. And yeah. uh, Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, we're, we're out of time, believe it or not. This very, I've been a very exciting uh, interview for me to be a part of. You have a lot, we could talk for hours, I think about, (laughs) uh, about what you've got to offer, but, um, for those who are wanting to get in touch with you, and I really uh, look forward, we'll ha- be sure to have you back on the podcast down the road and talk more about what you've got going on, and especially as this continues to develop with mm-hmm. Dave and Garden City Project, and and we'll be sure to keep the word out there in front of all the local churches uh, as we as as we continue to pursue this. But um, how, in the meantime, can they get in touch with you and uh, know what you're working on, or if they're interested in and uh, and his productions and wanting to be a part of that or a jam play or any of that. How can uh, people get in touch with you online and and get to know a little more? Sure. Yeah, you can go to www.hisproductions.com. And uh, if you're interested in broadcasting or podcasting or uh, media in any way, uh, we also do web design too. Uh, you know, hit us up. There's there's forms that you can get in direct contact with uh, Josh or myself. And um, then as far as jam play, you're interested in guitar lessons. I, I've done a, uh, in the style of, of worship, modern worship guitar on there. And so even though it's not a, a church-related site, you can still get on and learn things that are pertinent to working with your ministry. Cool. And that's just www.jamplay.com. Mm-hmm. You can go check that out and and uh, send me a private message. Okay, you know if you happen to be on, happen to be on. Great. Well, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time today and uh, for all that you're doing for the kingdom. Um, it's it's just exciting to make a connection and to uh, to get to know a little bit of the work that you're doing out of your basement, but still a pretty cool basement to be sure working out of on a daily basis. So. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being with us today. and uh, You're welcome. Forward. My pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, like I said, uh, before we started this interview, before we aired it, uh, there was a, just a lot. It was a lot of fun for me to have this conversation. I really appreciated uh, Chris's uh, time. And really so much interesting uh, content there for me as someone who does a podcast on a, on a pretty regular basis. Um, you know, just, just thinking through a lot of the production end of things and what we're putting out for people. And then also as a pastor, you know, I'm a senior pastor at uh six, eight church in Vancouver, Washington. And so we do what, you know, he talks like most churches do. We just put our pot, our uh, sermon out on podcasts for people to go listen to. And 
while that's you know great and fine and well for all of our people, what could we be doing to be reaching a broader audience with uh, with the the resources and content that God has given to us? And so I just love the idea of what they're doing there at HisProductions.com and and helping churches take that message that that God has given them and spread it as as best they can and as far as they can and and being able to edit down and you know sermon kind of cut out the things that don't really need to be there and and share that with a lot of people um so i think that's great and then also man what a great uh great uh, amount of stuff is available now through something like jam play like he was talking about or just the the way technology can really help build up the arts and the church and so you know just really excited to see where that's going to go in the future uh not just through chris but through you guys and and uh, your partnership with us here at worship ministry catalyst and garden city project and as we kind of continue to see god bring together people uh, and and the aspect of creativity and using our creativity for his glory and not limiting that to just the arts, but to all forms of creativity. And God has made us all creative. And so, you know, I think what we're going to see is just more of this kind of thing where God is giving you ideas to use for building up the kingdom and advancing the mission of the church and, and causes like social justice and, um, and just see, you know, the kingdom advance as a result of what you are doing in your creativity. So really excited to be a part of that. And thanks, Chris, for sharing with that. If you want to submit your work or if you have something you would like to share with us, or if you'd like to get involved in a current project, you can go to worshipministrycatalyst.com and click on the projects slash get involved tab there at the top of the page. And we've got some information there for how you can do that. There's also a tab there where you can submit your work if you'd like to do so. If you have an idea that you'd like to share with us that maybe we could kind of join together on or you're looking for some people to contribute on a project that you're working on, you can get in touch with us and share that with us as well. You can go to worshipministrycatalyst.com or you can go to facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, and you can send an email to kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Or you can just leave a review at iTunes and that'll help other people find us that may have a project similar to yours. But as always, we appreciate it uh, and are grateful for every time you spread the word and share this podcast with people like yourself who are creatives and just want to be uh, contributing to the mission that God has given to us to reach uh, to the uttermost parts of the earth with with the mission of the Great Commission. And so um, if you would spread that with your friends and neighbors and whoever you might have around you that would uh, appreciate that, we would appreciate you spreading the word. So thanks so much for taking your time today to listen to this podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 